That was a wonderful time of worship together. It's great to be together, isn't it? It's great to be together in church, in this, in this local body of Christ, a part of the local body of Christ. And uh, we've been doing a series which is, is called Why Church? And uh, I believe I'm up to... Uh, I was going to say chapter 3, is that the right word? Chapter 3? Chapter 4, if we count D's sermon on being uh, sandpaper, which I think we should. Um, why church? Why, why the heck am I standing up here today? I mean to say, I know why I am, because a couple of months ago we did our preaching roster and, um, and Angie put me in November, <laughs> late November, and I, I'm, I mean to say, often I won't preach this time of year because it, I'm just too busy. And I've got I to gotta admit that um, I haven't prepared a, um, much of a PowerPoint for you this morning, which, uh, you know, we, I think we can cope with that. But, you know, here I am, and part of the reason I think, you know, there's that I decided to, to take on the responsibility this morning was because I could see the whole leadership team was, was busy, there was stuff happening and uh, a job needed to be done, so here I am. And Andrew, and I think he's part of the reason why I'm up here this morning, he, and, he, took, he, and, he took his lovely wife Rochelle, they went off and uh, had four days away without the kids and at the start of that four days I get an email from Andrew and uh, he says, Selwyn, just in case you're going to do a, a, a PowerPoint. Here's, here's a slide. Why, why church? <laughs> and that was what was attached to it. <laughs> no, why church, the first one. And then this lovely picture of Rochelle sitting back and relaxing. I mean, man, <laughs> that is so cool. Well, I realise why he sent that, and that's because we believe in a growing church. We, we believe in a growing church, but I hope Andrew and Rochelle had a blessed time. It's just a great to be a part of, of this local fellowship. I count it a privilege and an honour uh, to be a part of what God is doing in the earth today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your church, the church of Jesus Christ, the church that Jesus is building and we thank you that you have called us individually into your church. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would speak to us today, as I read the scripture especially, that you would speak to us through your word, Father, in Jesus' name, and that you would help me with my words. Father, we ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, ignite passion for your church this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read from Ephesians 2, verses 11 to 22. And we've, uh, just recapping a little bit before I do, Andrew, we've already, we've looked at Jesus is the one who is building his church. And we've seen that in the, in the, in the, in the book of Acts, the, the, those first, uh, the first disciples, the first church, as it were, they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. We've seen that church is all about Jesus because Jesus is worthy of our worship. Jesus is worthy. And we've seen that the church carries the gospel and in that sense is the hope of the world because Jesus is the hope of the world and God has entrusted His church 
you and I, with the gospel message, to bring reconciliation between, between God and humans. Let's read Ephesians 2, verses 11 to 22. Today, we look at this fact, that the church is the temple of the living God. And so, as I talk about church today, I'm talking about that church which Jesus is Lord of. I'm talking about church in the sense of the New Testament use of the word, a people called out, called out and set apart for God, to gather together in community under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as I talk this morning about church, I don't just mean Sunday morning, I don't just mean now, this is a part of church, but I don't want to minimise that either, because I believe in the New Testament, the corporate coming together of the church, of the local church, is extremely important. I see in the book of Acts that, yes, there were home groups and home churches, but there was a coming together, a coming together, a corporate act of worship. And, and, and the early church, it seems, made that day, Sunday, the day of our risen Lord Jesus, the first day of the week. And so I don't want to minimise what God is doing on a Sunday morning in our, in our local church here at CFC. Let's read the scripture. Therefore, verse 11, Therefore, Paul says, Remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners of the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away. That's us Gentile believers. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who are near. That's Israel in covenant with God. For those who, for through him we both have access to Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. It's an amazing passage of Scripture and there's a lot in it. But Paul teaches us that in Christ, God has reconciled both Jew and Gentile to himself. He has brought both Jew and Gentile and created, 
how does, how does the Bible say it there? <laughs> One new man, thanks Paul. One new man. So Jew and Gentile, don't, we don't lose our identity Jews are still Jews, Gentiles are still Gentiles, but we're one new man, and in that one new man, he reconciled both of us to himself on the cross. Wow. One of the glories of the New Testament, of the new covenant we have, is that this is a new covenant that we can enter into individually, that our relationship with God is individual and personal, Yet it's much more also. And he, he paints a picture so of the worldwide church, if you like, made up of Jew and Gentile being joined together, Jesus joining together and building this structure, this temple that's rising up in the Lord, that's rising up. And then he says this to the Ephesian church, to this local church in the city of Ephesus. He says, And in him, you too, you also, local church in Ephesus, are being built to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. You too, church in Colac, are being built together to be a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. CFC Colac, we are being built together, a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in His church, in His people, in His local church. I find that awesome. The Holy Spirit, we as a local church are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The life of the Spirit of God is here, revealing Jesus to us, ministering the life of Jesus, ministering kingdom life to us. The love, the joy, the peace the very life of the Spirit of God should be found in the church, in the local body, and it is. It is. Because the church is not just about humans. The church is God's church, and He is building it. He is building it. You know, often I think we've got our eyes on the church. We've got our eyes on the human side of church. And there's a big human element. I'm going to come to it later. And there is a human element because we are all uh, human. (laughs) And we all have our faults and our difficulties. And the church, you know, has never been free. In fact, you read the New Testament, you'll see. We're never... The New Testament churches... We're not free of problems. We're not free of offending one another. We're not free of having to face false teaching and all sorts of things that attack and come upon and against the local church. But sometimes we're looking at our faults, at our brothers and sisters' faults. Or we're looking at the inadequacy of the church, 
I once did church history many years ago. I did it again recently and it was better, to tell the truth. <laughs> because I once did church history. I got so disillusioned, to tell the truth. Reading church history, to tell the truth. I was not in a right frame of thinking. But I, put, I looked too much at our failures. But the church, the church is the temple of the living God. We know that in the Old Testament, we know that temple, the temple worship of uh, Israel was associated with the very presence of God in the midst of the people. The very manifest presence of God it was in the temple that God sanctioned. The very presence of God is in the local church. I was going to read a little bit from a book I read by Gordon Fee. He says this, it's chapter 6, called A People for His Name, The Spirit and the People of God. He says, a single person is sitting at home in front of the TV. A Christian broadcast is on. A sermon is preached. An invitation is given. And the person responds by accepting Christ. But the only church the person attends is by way of the TV, with no connection to a local body of believers. The question is this person saved? I would answer, God only knows. But such salvation lies totally outside the New Testament frame of reference. When Jesus calls us to himself, he calls us into his church, into his body. The Spirit of God calls us to be a part, an active part of the local church, a, a part of the structure, the building that God is building and God is doing it. And God has given us, I believe, the blueprint in the New Testament for church. And I'm not going to go right into that today. I know there's lots of, you know, we have, we live in a, we have denominations, we have different beliefs and understandings, but, and, and different forms of church government. But God has given us in the New Testament the blueprint what a local church looks like. And I'll just throw it out there, a local church, a local church has some structure and Jesus has given it to us. A local church has ministry giftings, apostles, prophets, well, I'm talking about big church, not every local church has apostle or prophet, but hear what I'm saying, apostle, prophet, pastors, evangelists, leaders, a local church has oversight, has elders in the Bible, elders, deacons, and God has given structure to his church. Jesus is building his temple, and God wants us to be an active part of it. I'm going to turn to Acts 20, verse 28 to 37. This is Paul when he speaks, thinking we've been in the, in the book of Ephesians. Well, he's speaking to the Ephesian elders. He was on his way to Jerusalem and he called them uh, for a gathering, said he'd never see them again, and they were upset. 
at that thought. And he says to them in part here in verse 28, he says to the Ephesian elders, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I have gone, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified. He says to these Ephesian elders, keep watch over yourselves. That's a word for any leader, that if we're going to uh, grow and in our leadership, in our ministry and lead others, we need to keep a watch over ourselves. We need to grow in our relationship with God. We need to keep a watch over ourselves and make sure our ministry is based on the Apostles' teaching, on the Scriptures. We need to watch over ourselves, but listen listen to this, and the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The Holy Spirit made you overseers. I find this incredibly challenging and incredibly humbling. Serving as an elder in this church, the Holy Spirit, Paul says, has made you an overseer. And I believe whatever we do in in the local body of Christ, whatever function you're in, we need to be able to be confidently saying, believing and knowing, the Holy Spirit has made you, has called you, has equipped you for this purpose. Whether it's Justin and and Eric leading young, young adults, we believe the call of God is on their lives and the Holy Spirit has enabled them, called them, empowered them to do this task. Whether it's Sam leading youth, we believe the Holy Spirit has made her and enabled her to be a youth leader. You can do it, Sam. We believe, what, what our children's ministry, every, I'm just naming a few, but we believe, we've got to believe that it's the Holy Spirit who is enabling and calling people. And, and yes, we can make mistakes at times, but we must believe that together, as we're all being led by the Spirit, as we're talking and listening to one another, listening to our brothers and sisters in Christ, recognising ministry, recognising gifting, we must believe that it's God who is building CFC Colac. It's God who is raising up the ministry. It's God who is empowering, powering back for mops. It's God. Amen? What is God going to do? Nothing's impossible with God. But we must believe that God has called us to do the ministry that he has called us to do, the tasks he has called us to do. And no, we're not bulletproof. We can make mistakes. The Ephesian elders were warned. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth. I hope we're reading the Scriptures. I hope we're reading the whole counsel of God, not just the parts we like, the parts that warn us, but God is building His church, people. Amen? I want to be a part of what God's doing. 
I want to be a part of a healthy church in Colac, a healthy temple of the living God. God is equipping ministry. Why church? We ask the church, why, why church? Because God's Holy Spirit is compelling me, is compelling me to be a part of His local body of Christ. A part, the Holy Spirit, it's a part of the Holy Spirit's ministry to be passionate about the local church. Value, did you see the value God places on His church from that scripture? The value, Acts 20, 28, be shepherds of the church of God which He bought with His own blood. Jesus paid a supreme sacrifice for you and I to be a part of His church the very blood of Jesus. And Jesus, I believe, wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And church, we have the message, we have the gospel, we have the Holy Spirit's enabling power to bring Jesus to our community, to the nations of the world. God puts a high, high value on the local body of Christ. I was speaking to Pastor Dave, um, Pastor Dave, uh, Pastor David Furness, used to be a senior pastor here with Jenny and, and a great blessing to my life and to many of us. Uh, he, I was speaking to him on the phone recently and everyone, anyone who knows Pastor Dave knows he's a character. And I told him what I was, oh, just, he asked me, I said, oh, I think this is what I'm being asked to speak on and we're talking a bit and he goes, oh, I said, you know, we've got these young guys, this, it's really exciting young guys, people coming to Christ, you know, and uh, I'm thinking, wow, you know, surely, surely if they're coming to Christ in and through the uh, uh, local ministry here, that that's where God's planted them, that's where God's put them. Well, you know, I'm not God and I understand God calls people, you know, to other places and young people leave for uni and, you know, but surely if God has called us and we've come to Christ in and through this local body of Christ. And we're benefiting from the ministry if we haven't come. I mean, I didn't come to Christ through this, this uh, church. I, I, I was, I was uh, transplanted here. But surely we've got to believe that God has called us to this place, to Colac, to CFC Colac. Same God in Colac who's in Melbourne... Same God in the local church in Melbourne, whatever suburb. But God has called me. We need to know that God has called us specifically to a local church if we're really going to run and be effective in God. Pastor David was saying to me, Selwyn, he goes... It's like this tree. I tried to transplant it. He dug it up. It was planted. He, he dug it up and he transplanted the tree and the tree died. <laughs> you know, sometimes there can be a good transplant and there can be a bad transplant. But we need to be very careful, I believe, when it comes to local churches coming and going 
that we just don't get up and leave for any and every reason. It's actually quite hard. It's harder to transplant. Flourish where you are. Look to God to flourish you, to grow you, where, you, where He's planted you. He's planted you. I believe He's planted you. You've been coming to this church. God's been drawing you. He's planted you in this local body of Christ. And He can do awesome things in and through you, in and through us. Amen? I'm not saying it's wrong to transplant. I transplanted myself. It was made easy for me. I got married. (laughs) But I was on the way out to tell the truth because of some very serious error. But to transplant, I believe, even to, no matter what that means for us, I believe that needs to be done prayerfully, needs to be done in consultation with leadership, with your leaders, and with the leaders of the church that you are planting, transplanting to. God puts a high, high value on the local church. It's a temple of the living God. Let's read First Peter 2, verses 1 to 12. Peter writes, he's writing to a group of uh, Christians scattered throughout various regions. And he said to them, he said, you've come to know Jesus through the imperishable word of God. You've been born again by the word of God. And that word was preached to you. And And then he says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. There's a pure spiritual milk. I'm about to read another scripture which will use spiritual milk in a negative way. But this is a pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Note now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. He is good, amen. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to Him, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God." Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. 
live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Jesus is the living stone. <laughs> He's the rock eternal. He's the living stone. And in 1 in, in Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul says that that, that that spiritual rock that accompanied Israel as they uh, exited out of Egypt and as they passed through the, the Red Sea and as they were sustained in the desert, that they, they ate the manna and they drank water from the rock. And the Apostle says, and that rock was Christ. They drank, they were sustained. And Jesus, and in many other places, that Peter, Peter himself, it's interesting that Peter, whose name's Rock, is writing about this. <laughs> Jesus is the living stone. He is the source of life and the, the giver of life. He is life. Jesus, Peter says, as you come to him, we all, like living stones, are being built together as we come to Him. And I have it on good authority that the Greek tense of that as, as, as we come to Him is a continual tense. Sure, it, it includes that initial repentance and faith, but it is as you come to Jesus, the living stone, you also like living stones, are being built. It's as we continually come to Jesus. We're to continually keep coming to Jesus. And Jesus is building us upon the foundation of himself. He is the cornerstone. I'm not a builder, but that cornerstone <laughs> is a key Key to the foundation. It's like where two, two key walls meet together, giving the structure strength, giving the structure its orientation. He's building us upon himself, upon Jesus. We are being built, and the capstone is the most important stone at the top of the building, tying it all together and uh, uh, linking the last tier. Jesus the cornerstone, the capstone, the first and the last. Church, it's all about Jesus. But it's as we come to Him, as we keep on coming to Him. Why church? Why church? Because I am coming to Jesus personally. I am coming to Him. And He is building me into a spiritual house, the temple of the living God with my brothers and sisters in Christ, that we might minister to, to, to God and to, to one another, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You see, I want to see and help my brothers and sisters grow up in their salvation. I want to grow in my salvation. And I need my brothers and sisters in Christ, and they need me. I want to live for His glory serve in this temple. It's as we come to Him, as we come to Him. You know, some of us, and we've all been in this place, if we're honest, there's been some times in my life I haven't felt like coming to church. I was upset about things, 
confused about things, a bit downcast, why the heck keep coming to church? What am I doing? I never stopped coming, by the way, by the grace of God. I never stopped. But sometimes we're drifting from church. And you and I, we've got our reasons, many, many reasons. And we make a great list and we justify ourselves. And many times when we're drifting from church, it's because we've stopped coming to Jesus. We've stopped coming and drawing near to Jesus. I know some people who've left church they don't, who don't go to church. Yes, they say they're Christians. Oh, they might be even very spiritual. But have we stopped coming to Jesus? Have we stopped coming to Him and allowing Him to build us in to the local body of Christ that He has called us to? Have we stopped coming to Jesus? We're in that place. I had to come to Jesus and ask him to change my heart and recognise some things in my life that needed change. As we come to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. 1 Corinthians 3. Paul writes to a church, the church in Corinth. He says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food. This is the other kind of milk. (laughs) I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there are jealousy, quarrelling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos, Are you not mere men? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labour. For we are God's fellow workers... You are God's field, God's building. Have you ever heard it said the church is not a building? <laughs> not, a, not a building of bricks and mortars, but it's God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as, as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. 
it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If anyone of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool, so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness, and again the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours. You are of Christ and Christ is of God. This is an often misapplied scripture, I believe. This is not about backsliding Christians, this is about builders. This fire is not the fire of hell, it's the fire of God, the refi- when talking about judging how we built upon the apostles' teaching, how we built church. This is a serious word, especially for leaders, it's how we build God's church. We should be careful how we build why church? Why church? Because God is growing His local church and He has called us, He has called me to co-labor with God, to co-labor in humility with God and with each other, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. He has called me in humility to labour together. Why church? I'm going to end, verse 16. Because don't you know local church in Corinth? Don't you know local church in Colac that you yourselves are God's spirit and God's spirit lives in you? Amen. I'm going to ask the, the band's going to come. We've got a song. I'm going to close in prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We're going to have a time of prayer, and if you would like to come, we can pray with one another. If you have a specific need, we can pray with one another. I believe God's asking us today, are we coming to Jesus? Are we continually coming to Him? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know God's Holy Spirit living in you? We know in the New Testament the, our bodies are also individually a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Are you filled with His Spirit? Maybe God's been leading you and you want to be filled with the Spirit of God this morning.
We can pray together. We can minister to, to one another. Priests together in the temple of the living God. If you don't know Jesus, I'm encouraging you to talk to someone. To come and talk, talk to someone. Come to me, I'm out up the front here. Just come say, Selwyn, I need to know Jesus. The Spirit of God's been calling me. Selwyn, I need to get my life right with God. Or, or talk to the friend who bought you. Would you respond today? But are we coming to Jesus, church? Are we aware of God building? I'm, I'm aware of God building me into this local body of Christ. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of that. Have I closed down to God? I'm upset with the local body. I've been discouraged. I have offence. God is dealing with that in your heart. And you want to respond. And you, and you want to say, I'm going to stand together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm going to ask Jesus to deal with this and set me on fire for him and for his local body. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to commit myself Maybe God's calling people this morning to pray. It's one, one area I believe, I, I believe it for myself. God's calling us to pray more, to pray, to seek God. Pray for, for the church. Would you pray for the church, for the leaders especially? Would you pray for us? We need prayer. We need God. We need God. He's enabling grace and power. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit at work in and through your word, Father, in Jesus' name. And just ask that you would just help us all, draw us all, Father, into a deeper relationship with you. Help us to keep coming to you, Lord, and, and to be aware and know that you're fitting us in, building us together. Help us, one another, to recognize one another's gifts and strengths. Lord, help us to hear one another's ideas, Lord, and, and pray through and weigh up the direction that you have for us, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we are the temple of the living God, that your Holy Spirit is here. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that as we pray with one another, as we pray for one another, your Holy Spirit will minister, will meet our deepest needs, Lord, and will transform us will help us follow Jesus and be a, a part, an active part of your church, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. I just believe God is uh, just encouraging us this morning that he wants us to covet gifts of the Holy Spirit for the effective working of the ministry that he has called us to. And that's different for each one, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given by the Holy Spirit. But I just believe if you've not functioned in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as in, I'm talking about the, the Corinthian gifts of prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and, and you would like to, and you feel God is stirring you too in this area, uh, would you come forward and, and, and have the oversight pray with you and some leaders pray with you this morning? Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm going to ask the band to, to sing. We're going to sing? Thanks, Sam. I'm going to hand it over to Sam. Thank you, Lord.